Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafrey. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. talking to somebody about that the other day but yeah uh, you know what someone brought that up the other day with me um maybe i was even just talking to my wife about i don't remember but like i hadn't thought about that movie in years like i but yeah anyway yeah i was trying to explain it to a friend of mine and they were like i've never even heard of it i'm like are you serious it was great but yeah that's one that i think everyone talked about like while it was and it was in like oscar contention and and i think greg in year one something for that didn't he um won his oscar for that movie and um Everybody was all loved that movie. Talked about it all the time. You know, it was a, a career best performance for Jack Nicholson, career best for Greg Kinnear. Da 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 da. And then, like a year later, no one had ever heard of the movie. Like it was like gone. I don't know what how that happens with some things, but it does. That's well, the exact kind of stuff we talk about in the video Junker podcast. So <laughs> exactly. I say we, we we put up obscure Jack Nicholson successful films, <laughs> or Greg Kinnear. You could do it with that too. Yeah. You could do um, the whole theme of movies that are super successful and everyone loves that two weeks later no one's heard of, like, <laughs> like Castaway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and you brought this up, though, uh, in between recordings. The last week we forgot to do our What You Drinking segment oh, of right, the show. Yeah. We talked so much about, you know, how much time we're spending outdoors and uh, terrible, terrible bugs in the summer. But um, <laughs> in lieu of a weather report, what are you drinking? Yeah, much more interesting than the weather is um, this week, again, I'm still working on the very the very end of my new Glarus Brewing Company um Oh, nice. Mixed pack. So tonight I am drinking two women, and that is a beer. Um, that uh, yeah. So they're they're lager, and it's um, yeah, it's it's good. It's 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 a lager, but it's yeah, it's not a Budweiser. So it's <laughs> it's it's good. I don't know. Isn't it? More, I think it's more of like a farmhouse lager or something mm-hmm. like that. It's a little. It's it's a little um, too. It's got more body to it. Can, it does. Yeah, for sure. It's it's certainly like a European style lager mm-hmm. it's it, comparing it to a budweiser is unfair so right it's, like, <laughs> it's yeah. good yeah I, I actually like it quite a bit but i, I do actually find that i like lagers i just don't really care for like the american basic i, I, I don't know i when i say i don't care for it yeah. that's that's not true for sometimes that's just exactly what hits the spot but it's not yeah it's not my there's not a lot of flavor in them. I mean, yeah. you know, but but yeah, when you look at other styles of lagers and especially even other types of pilsners other than just Bud Miller, Bush, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of difference among different lagers. I mean, technically, uh, I mean, the, one of the heaviest beers I've ever had, a Doppelbach. That's a yep. lager. <laughs> and it's like drinking syrup. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> With a very strong licorice flavor. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but... I'm so enjoying yeah. right now. I'm enjoying a uh, a Yingling Golden Pilsner. Hmm. Um, 
which may to some people be like that's not an import beer but ah in wisconsin you cannot buy yingling sure is yeah so it is much like two women is in illinois we've yeah. got all the yeah, new in... beers here i mean and line I'm only and about i'm only about 40 miles from wisconsin but yeah as of right now i cannot buy new Glarus beer unless i drive those 40 miles to wisconsin and get it so i think sometimes you can find like uh Fat squirrel and spotted um, cow. Spotted cow. Yep, I've seen spotted cow on tap a couple places, but usually yeah. not in bottles anywhere. You have to get it. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, I've seen a few places in Rockford or in Illinois that sometimes will carry six packs, but it's not very many. Um, but yeah, Yingling. It's weird. I I I snuck this across state lines. I Ooh. bought a bunch of Yingling in Mississippi. Man, you're like the <laughs> bandit and Smokey and the Bandit, man. That's I know. <laughs> bootlegging. You're bur- bootlegging runs. Yingling from Mississippi to Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I remember uh, when a friend of ours in college came back with a bunch of Yingling. He was working out on the East Coast um, over a, a break of some sort. I don't know if it was summer break or whatever, but um came back with like six cases of it or something and uh um i think it was one of the first times like i realized (laughs) i don't know i never thought about beer like that and maybe it's when we were growing up it hadn't we hadn't quite hit the age of you know craft beer and micro brewing um yeah but it was the first time i like realized like oh hey like there's other beers in other places that i can't just go and buy here like there's more than just the five beers they have in the cooler at like the college liquor store right it's uh right um so yeah it was anyway it it yingling's good it's fine it's not it's a, you know what though i gotta be I like the golden pilsner's pretty good but just a regular yingling and it is good but it's it's fine yeah, I mean, people kept a, going like, "Oh, Yingling," and I tried. I'm like, "Okay, it's this this coveted thing," and I'm like, "It's because we can't, yeah, because we because we get can't it. get it." I'm like, "All right, it's, it's and for it's years fine. it was around. You know, this is before there was, you know, you're in your liquor store, you'd have a choice of 400 different breweries. There was, you know, there was 10, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, and then the little ones, you know, started to pop up. Your Line and Kugels and your this and that, um, and uh. Yeah, like Yingling was one of those that was always around, but you just couldn't get it here. It was like Coors yeah. was in the days of Smokey and the Bandit, right? That's what that's all about. So, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like I I remember going into you know with my parents because we we're having like a big Fourth of July party or something. So I'd go with them into the you know liquor store or something like that. And okay, so we're getting a couple cases of beer because we're having this great big party, and you know it's like the most expensive beer you could get from my memory was like Miller Lite. Because there yeah. weren't other craft beers around, like in cases or anything like that, and yeah. now you can you can order just about anything you want. Um, it's pretty amazing. I've even done that at my local grocery store here. There was a beer that I read about that I wanted to try, and so I asked them if they'd order it, and they ordered a couple cases of it. Nice, yeah. and it wasn't bad. You know, I, I mean, honestly, if like liquor stores, especially like big. If you have like a big warehouse style liquor store, if they don't have it on their shelves and they can get it from their distributor, they'll probably order it for you. If you're... Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah, so. Which sometimes can be a problem because like, you know, you've got all these opportunities and all these different beers at your disposal and you just try them all one night and then you wake up and the next morning and it feels like you're just repeating the same day over and over and over again. Yeah. Which yeah, is a I good segue. <laughs> Into the movie that we're going to be talking about tonight. Into the movie Groundhog's Day, which is not the That's movie we're going to be talking about not tonight. the movie we're talking about. Imagine if Bill Murray was heavily armed. That's what you get here. No, and shorter. So the movie... And looked a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. A lot shorter. Uh, the film that we're going to be talking about tonight, though, as we keep along with our science fiction military action subgenre. Uh, last yes. week we talked about Starship Troopers, and we weren't very big fans of it this week though we're going to be talking about the yeah are we going to get crucified for for that one do you think is that time (laughs) will tell uh the 2014 american science fiction action film edge of tomorrow also known as live die repeat i'm going to tell you a story at first it's going to sound ridiculous but the longer i talk we have to find the keys the more rational it's going to appear i can't believe you found coffee Sugar, right? Yeah. Hold on. Three. Like three. How many times have we been here? How many times? For me, 
It's been an eternity. will fail. We lose everything. I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up! to me. You hijacked their power. How do I control it? You have to die. Ah! Every day. Keep coming here and I'll train you. Again. Again. Your leg's broken. No, I'm good. Then you better start over. Oh, come on. I'm not a soldier. Of course you're not. You're a weapon. They want to conquer the rest of the world. Unless you change the outcome. We are not equipped for what's out there. How many times have we been here? What are you not telling me? It's gonna be dark in a few hours. I'm curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. We should just reset. Whoa! Yeah, which is my first interesting note about this movie is that its tagline has become its title for some reason. Um, it, I, it technically, it, like literally, the film is called Edge of Tomorrow, right? But I think most people I've talked to about this, like if you call it Edge of Tomorrow, they're like, no, nah, I didn't see that one, and be like, oh, it's you know, it's the one that da 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 da. Oh, it's Live Die Repeat. Like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that one. <laughs> it's just like, um, so that that tagline has become like in, in fact the the rumored sequel that is supposedly there's a script for they're they're going with it like it's called live die repeat and repeat supposedly mm-hmm. um like i said rumored nobody's been cast for it nobody's been doing it but there's supposedly a script so yeah anyway. so the basic concept of this one um it's actually first of all it is based on a 2004 japanese light novel known as all you need is kill um by and I hope I don't butcher this uh, Hiroshi uh, Sakurazaka. I think that's right. That's exactly um, right. I think. No, I just, I don't, I don't. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, so the central plot of this it stars uh, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, and it's directed by Doug Lehman. Uh, the the film follows Tom Cruise's character, uh, who is Major William Cage, who essentially is a public relations officer during this futuristic uh invasion where there's this damn near invincible race of aliens that have infiltrated most of europe and they're starting to spread and they're pretty much unstoppable Mm -hmm. so uh tom cruise's character uh william major william cage public relations he gets on tv and tells everybody we've got these awesome power suits which inspired by starship troopers Mm -hmm. uh and we've got all this this technology we're going to defeat him and he's this face that you see on the talk shows he has no military actual combat experience he's forced into a combat situation and something happens where he starts repeating the same day over and over again so imagine like a video game you know where you're fighting these alien things and you get killed in the video game and then you respawn back earlier in that level now imagine that's happening with your life in a combat situation against aliens over and over and over and over again. So it's, um, I don't know, what was your first experience seeing this movie? Um, this one I have a good experience with. It um, It was the first and only time I've ever been to a drive-in movie. We were visiting some friends in Kansas City, Missouri, and... Um, just had that had a night that we didn't have anything to do so we decided to go i mentioned i had they lived right behind a drive-in movie theater and mentioned i had never been to one they're like oh we gotta go so we went and saw a double 
a double feature of How to Train Your Dragon 2 and Edge of Tomorrow. So kind of an interesting <laughs> couple of films. But um, I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie that I had zero expectations for. I think I had seen like a trailer for it. And um, really we were going to this thing because we were just wanted to go to a drive-in movie because they you know, thought it was interesting. I had never done that before. And I, I it was something that I wanted to do and still would love to do um yeah but yeah it's so it's uh it was one of those situations where you walk in not knowing much about it and because you have zero expectations for it maybe but it, like it really like blew my mind it how that it i really thought it was a good movie and um the generally like the, the people that all that went that was the consensus as well it was pretty enjoyable maybe not like best ever material but um definitely far above my expectations what about you very similar i think i was home uh one day with some sick kids Mm -hmm. and just keeping the house clean and you know keeping moving and stuff and doing laundry and all that stuff that you do when you're home with sick kids right and um they had gone down for a nap and i was thumbing through uh the roku on hbo and came across this and thought okay i'll put it on it's it's an action movie and it's something to watch that isn't a cartoon mm-hmm. you know <laughs> while the kids are napping and i watched it and just found myself glued to the couch and just staring at this it was really really good to a point where <laughs> yeah. when sarah got home from work i was like yeah the kids are fine they're feeling better fevers down you gotta see this movie <laughs> and we actually watched it again the, that night nice. um yeah and then ended up owning it um, just at you know $5 bin at Walmart and happened to see it and thought, oh, I really, really liked that. And so I picked up the copy and I, I think we were talking about this before we recorded that I just opened it. I've had it for like a year. I same just here. opened it to watch it for tonight. But it's I'm funny because yeah, that that's did. exactly the same way it went with me as I saw it at this drive-in and, and I really, really liked it and uh, came across it in the $5 bin at Walmart and was like, yeah, I really like that movie. I'll pay five bucks for that. And then I, it was in plastic until we watched it for, for this. So, well, it, yeah. you know, some of the things about this is I have love hate relationship with, with Tom Cruise. I was gonna, right? That was going to be my first question before we dive into the movie is like, what's your take on Tom Cruise or you, uh, cause people have such strong opinions about him for some reason. It's, uh, you know, I, my, my critique of Tom Cruise is that he always plays every character as Tom Cruise playing that character. (laughs) Yeah. That's not to say though, that the characters he plays aren't sometimes really, really good. And this is one of them. I thought he played this character very well. Uh, you know, when he was in interview with a vampire, he played a, a, not a version of Lestat, I imagine, but a very interesting, good one. It was Tom Cruise, (laughs) so there's there's always a tom cruise there yet at the same time some of these characters are quite good when he does science fiction he has a tendency of playing the exact same science fiction character and that's a bit of a that gets a little old in this one though he was whiny enough in the beginning where at least this character has has growth Mm mm-hmm you know, and I liked that. One of the complaints I know some people had about this movie is they thought it was too similar to uh, the recent film Oblivion that came out just before this one did with Tom Cruise. It was a science fiction film. You know, it was very similar in some aspects. But uh, overall, Tom Cruise is an actor. I think he's... I've seen evidence in films like Tropic Thunder that he is willing to poke fun at himself. That's mm-hmm. a That's nice... Uh, but he always kind of plays the same ver his version of everything, and he doesn't mask it well. He's definitely no like Lon Chaney, you know. He's <laughs> not he's not a man of a thousand faces. He's a thousand Tom Cruise version of things. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, in this one it works though. Yeah, and I've always kind of been a fan of his, and maybe a fan is that's that's probably the wrong word. I I don't dislike him in any way, and I genuinely like him in some things. So, like you said, not everything. He's not always like sometimes he's just you know he's there he's certainly competent you know everything that he does um but yeah like i think he's a bit of a bit of a character actor in that way that's getting lead parts because he's you know tom cruise and he won an oscar when he was a young man and all that um but he also seems like he just really dives into his shit like when he does gets a part or gets you know involved in a project like he is 
he is like 150% in, you know, it's like, um, like for this movie, I don't know if you got a chance to check out any special features, but he was, you know, on set like a month and a half before the rest of the cast, like helping everybody develop the special effects and the costumes and the, (laughs) like, um, he just, I don't know. He's, he seems like, and, and you get that if you ever see an interview with him as a person, and he's he's a yeah. very intense, you know. I mean, he's just, but but I think there's a very positive side to that as well. People tend to dislike him because of his intensity and obviously his association with the Church of Scientology and yada yada. Um, I don't think that's good reason to dislike somebody that you don't know, and and I don't even need to like him as a person. I genuinely genuinely enjoy him in a lot of films, so I would call yeah. myself a fan of his. But you know he's not perfect. He's, you know. yeah. I, I think overall he's 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 good in things more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, I just may not like those characters, but he does them well. You know. Yes. It, it almost reminds me of a, and this is such a weird tangent, but when Jackie <laughs> Earl Haley played uh, Freddy Krueger in the horrible Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Didn't even um, see it. <laughs> it, it, Jackie Earl Haley did a great job with a horrible role. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell, he's giving it all. He is trying to do something here with this character. He's at the mercy of the writers, and I think it's the same with Tom Cruise in the films that were. You know, he's not always in good movies, but he is often quite good. And in this one, I would say too, Emily Blunt, I absolutely love in this movie. Yeah, me too. I I genuinely love her in ninety percent of what I've seen her in. So anyway, yeah. but she's great in this one. This may be a, a a career best for me of her performances, but I'd have to think that out and see what else I think of what else I've seen her in. But um, yeah, she's awesome yeah. in this. I, I, yeah, she's very cool, and just even the um, you know her her. Uh, her role in this as this really cool badass special forces warrior uh, uh, Rita Vertosky right that the way that she is in this movie is really really cool I and mean, essentially she's the one training Tom Cruise mm-hmm. you know the same thing every day and it's it, it's really really uh, some fun montages uh, this one this movie deals with time travel in a way you know right it's when you're yeah. doing the whole like time loop thing it's a form of time travel and it it handles it in some really interesting ways the way that well, it's it's the groundhog day effect right it's yeah like, it it's is the, it's the reset like um where you're living the same day or the same thing over and over again but you're keeping your memory so you're able to adjust you know your expectations or adjust to to changing things to to kind of extend or affect your um outcome so it's it's really the same kind of aspect of a again a movie that people are generally very familiar with is Groundhog's Day. It kind of does the same thing, only there's a bunch of sci-fi, you know, aliens and and battle tech armor and you know, uh, and it's awesome. I mean, <laughs> this is like the best stuff from Aliens mm-hmm. and Groundhog's Day and I'm even going to say Starship Troopers because yeah, like I mean, the, there's de- the, definitely there's a some... lot of similarities. There's some similarities in the feel, not necessarily the design, though some some threads between mm-hmm. the bugs and Starship Troopers and the weird morphing mimics. spider-like mimics in Edge of Tomorrow. Um, they're a similar kind of threat. What do you think of the creature designs in this? Like, I initially I was like, wow, that I, I had trouble kind of wrapping my head around what they were doing with it. But um, what I loved about it so much once. I did kind of wrap my head around it is how alien it is. Like it's not yeah. like a bug or something that we have any way to like relate to. It's like you almost don't even really understand what the mimic is or how it moves or towards the end of the movie you start to get a little bit better idea, but still it's 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 they're doing almost... things like manipulating time and dimensional <laughs> like, Yeah. They're they're violating um... law known laws of Earth, you know, of biology and, mm-hmm. and you know, physics and stuff and um it's something when when look you know just reading not just science fiction but actual you know like some Stephen Hawking and stuff like that and, and uh, uh, Carl Sagan you know there there are comments about the potential of extraterrestrial life and that's you know we keep trying to compare everything to these Earth based standards, right? 
something living on another planet, another galaxy could follow a totally different set of rules yeah. because Doesn't of the have different types the of conditions. Of so yeah, the, these things, they're almost like spider-like moving frequencies. They're so strange in here, the way they move, the way they change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to, and, and it fits though, because you're already dealing with a theme a couple of well, themes that are hard to wrap your head around. First of all, the way they portray combat in this is closer to, I think, what the combat scenes in Starship Troopers were, were going for, mm-hmm. which was like trying to get those Saving Private Ryan moments in it. This one doesn't do it, but it tries a little harder. It it you know ramps up the tension well. Yeah. Like it doesn't have that that like gory kind of like real life war violence feel to it because it's just too fun of a movie i think and it's just too like um i think it would be out of place here like if you started to you know kind of wedge some political i mean not that it's totally absent here but like there's definitely not a huge political message here you can enjoy this without this is big dumb fun at its best and it's Absolutely. not that it's stupid. I guess I shouldn't call it dumb. It's actually a really smart movie the way it's crafted. And I think I actually think the time travel thing works in this. There's no like glaring errors even on my second view that I found. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's. And what about like the? You mentioned this when you were uh, said that you kind of turned it on for something in the background and ended up glued to it. Like I feel like the pace this movie is paced so well. Like it just flies by. It's like what ninety minutes ish, maybe a little more. One hundred thirteen. So it's almost two hours long, and it just like it's like you blink and it's over. Like it's just so engrossing, and I think it only ever starts to feel a little bit long. And there's a the the climax of the film. Again, I'm going to bring up third act problems. It has a couple of little problems with getting the payoff in the third act, but generally it's almost perfect. Like it's close. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I what I have I have a weird I, I guess a slightly different response but equally positive where mm. this film packs so much story in but in a really good way that yeah. it feels long to me but not in a bad way. I don't know if that makes sense. No, like it, it feels like it feels full. It's a very like there's full a lot. Story. Yeah, there's a lot to digest in it. It's never when when I say it's big dumb fun, I don't mean that it's actually dumb. It's actually very smart. Like I said, a very smart movie. And um, yeah, like the time uh, displacement stuff all seems to like work in the end. And um, it's very it's clever how they they choose to you know the characters are trying to manipulate and it, it, I love how it does. Many times it doesn't work out the way they see it working, and there's a lot of humor that comes from that. And um, you would think that a movie about you know the end of mankind wouldn't be humorous, but it's got a lot of you know funny, good humor moments. I wouldn't necessarily call it, it, it a comedy, but it's it, it it knows when to lighten the tone. Yeah, it, it knows definitely when to lighten the tone. In fact, I would even it, the, I think it's the video game influence of this. Yeah, no, you yeah, know. there's certainly that that. That video game influence is where the joy of it is coming in. Like, you know, there's a a training montage where she's she's in the gym with him and they're doing these simulations and he keeps getting injured in the training and she (laughs) just shoots him and kills him. And then he's back to it again. But it's like, just like, ah, you broke your leg. Blam! (laughs) Like a horse, you know? And, uh, you know, those are are done in a a light way without losing the audience, without Mm -hmm. losing the intensity of what's at stake. It's almost get some gallows humor for the situation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the whole the whole premise of like repeating the same day over and over, so he can learn like every minute detail, and he can use you know one reset to do accomplish this or find this piece of information or make sure everything's set up to um, do the next thing helps to set up like the kind of the climax of the film. Um, it works so well until about three quarters of the way through when he gets pulled out by that blood, the blood transfusion that he's received. Um, and then we find like later, all of a sudden he knows there's a situation that comes up where he needs to know a whole bunch of things about J squad, which is the military unit he's embedded with. And, um, all of a sudden he, you know, he, you find out, well, wait, he already does know this information. It's like, okay, hang on. 
he's out now. Uh, he can't reset to go back and get this information. Um, would that be information that he would have had the foresight to collect in the boot? So one little hole that I found <laughs> there, and I'm not sure it's really a hole because you could say yes. You know, he 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 just collected all this information and and throughout his many times repeating, just kind of learned all this stuff. And so yeah, I I could buy that. But um, mm-hmm. I did notice that like once they got him out of the loop. They had some trouble with like, okay, well, how does it work now? How do we, you know, keep him alive and make it plausible? And I think there were some plausibility issues there because it was so easy to kill him and he just woke back up, right? Like every time the the reset happened. Um, Mm -hmm. So once you pull him out of that and like all all of a sudden like he can't die, um, he becomes a bit of like a bit too much of a badass. I don't know, but he's been training the whole time too, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I took maybe. it as as quickly as they show these montages where it's like in a, a three-minute montage, he's probably respawning about a dozen times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, he's, you know, okay. He's probably had to respawn hundreds of times before this yeah. is all over. They're just I mean, not, remember, you know, he only has one day to train. It's still just one day he's repeating, so it's not like he can build actual, like physical he can't change his physical form he can just become more aware of things like right um so like he can't like he can't beef up and become like a you know super soldier because he's only got one day to do it you can't do that in one day but he can learn to control you know over time because he keeps his memory he can learn you know how to i don't know manipulate his senses to whatever but you can't well, yeah, physically it, change himself. no exactly it's, it's that just like a video game hold. it's just like anybody who's played a video game on xbox or something and it's like a call of duty type mm-hmm. thing you know you just keep trying it over and you learn to, there's a person there there's a person there there's something there i gotta jump over this and you learn the pattern in which you have to do it right so it's it's very right. similar to you know this goes this is essentially the most complicated version of donkey kong i've seen in a long time is this movie you know yeah. <laughs> it's like no what barrel to jump over when <laughs> um i have one little gripe towards the end of this movie and it's the only gripe i have in the whole thing um and that's that i don't really care for again it's 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 the one day the one what i'm going to call the one day rule for this movie like, I don't really care for the fact that um, Cage and Vertasky have a kissing scene at yeah. the end. Um, that to me, and maybe I'm nitpicking, but she was with him and they developed their relationship like longer and longer as they got deeper and deeper into the enemy territory and that day went on you know, further and further. It totally could have fit earlier in the film, like when they were at the farm when they had gotten to a point in the scenario where they had learned a lot about each other. But once it reset to that last day when he was out, they never had any of that development towards one another. Like that never happened Mm -hmm. for her. It happened for him, but it didn't happen for her. Um, So the fact that she was compelled to like have some kind of compulsion to kiss him or say that she wants wish she would have known him better seemed out of character was that before or after she tells Um, him her her real name um after i believe that might have been supposed to be like a but i think that was in a different reset like i think it was in a totally different like essentially you have to remember for her even though she she's familiar with this process because she went through it um but for her that day is just that day it's not you know the hundred however many times that cage lived it so um once you know when they they didn't go through all that stuff he didn't take her to the farm and all that you know all all of those uh take her along with him all the way um yeah it just i don't know it's it's a little nitpick and it's probably not worth talking so much about but it just seemed so i totally hear it There, there was if it's after that after when she says by the way my real name is you know this um i i don't know i kind of took it maybe this is just my you know like you know head canon (laughs) 
where mm-hmm. yeah. he must have, in, in another respawn, he must have said, by the way, I know this. I know your real name. And that kind of made her go, oh, then I must. I would only say that to somebody I really cared about, so I must just care about you. But that doesn't make sense because that's not how people you yeah. know, are. <laughs> but that doesn't make you want to kiss somebody, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Just... Maybe I should not go by my name anymore. And I'll just <laughs> yeah. reserve that action for people that, you know, guess it Rumpel just like skin, a wedged and there we in, go. Like, <laughs> we got to wedge some romance it, it in was. here or some it was. tension uh, yeah, that was, was, you know. And, and not that it wasn't there, because it was, they but had... there... But in those scenarios where it was, their relationship had developed yeah, so much more. Yeah, there was some than, fairly good chemistry like, there, but the story didn't have room for it, so they just kind of shoehorned that in. Right. Well, and we have to remember that it was in a scenario where the the day went differently. Like, for her, it's, it's not it's not there. None of that ever happened. For him, it, sure. But it wasn't him that instigated that. So that was just a little off. But anyway, that was probably worth not worth the minute... The, that much because it's just a little no no bit i hear big, what you mean but, though like it, it's, um, it's a good example though of like this is one of the issues that you're going to run into with these types of stories i mean i think the same thing could be said about the movie groundhog's day and andy mcdowell you know it's yep, like she's yep. still only known him for a day you can only do so much in a day and if you're that big of a dick before that day it's going to take longer than a day to convince <laughs> someone you're not that person anymore when you still kind of are right Unless they're just totally the most gullible person, and in the it's world. Bill Murray. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think Bill yeah. Murray could probably convince most of us to do things we probably wouldn't normally do. Yeah, for sure. Kiss him? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it in the right situation, I suppose. No, just... Do I get a proton pack um... out of this? <laughs> we all have a limit. Um, I did write down a, a note that just just kind of adds us a mention another thing that's going to get me crucified by a lot of people that might listen to this show but i wrote down yet another movie in the action sci-fi genre that's better than aliens so um Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you're going uh, there people always claim that that is the you know end all be all um yeah it's pretty much better than and i i wrote initially better than james cameron and then i remembered you know the terminator terminator and terminator 2 which i enjoy quite a lot so i don't want to totally destroy james cameron but it it is it's better than cameron so (laughs) but um that's how much i like this movie honestly because i don't i don't i shit on aliens a lot but i don't hate aliens it's just like that it's one of those movies that everybody it's it's our it's kind of like we talked about last week with starship troopers one of those that everyone comes at you with like it's their favorite thing ever and you can't ever say anything bad about it and it's like Actually, I, I like the first one a lot better, and I think Aliens is kind of overrated, but it's... Um, anyway, but. Yeah, I agree that a lot of people do hold Aliens um, or Terminator 2... Well, more Aliens as, as like the quintessential military sci-fi action movie. Uh, and, and I can see how mm-hmm. they say that, because it is pretty damn good. I mean, it was before this one... It's one of the earliest, you know. Oh yeah, um, right, right, right. It it is it is very good, uh, but it it is playing a lot off of the fear and the hype and the well, justifiable hype and you know the the suspense yeah. of the first movie. Aliens is a better film if you've seen Alien. It's a good film on its own, True. but it's better and it's most effective when you've already had the primer, right? I would say yeah. this, this is good on its own, which is, is something, it's it's that good. The downside to this is the comparisons to Oblivion and, and this, you know, Tom Cruise was doing a bunch of these I, kind of... I've never I seen Oblivion. Either. I know he did a bunch of sci-fi stuff right mm-hmm. around this time. What? But yeah, so I didn't have that as a, like, yeah comparison point or... I don't even know if I'm really aware of that movie wholly. I, I've seen it on his like filmography, but yeah, I don't really know what it's about. Other than I guess I knew it was a sci-fi movie with Cruise, yeah. with Tom Cruise. One thing so, I do find um, really interesting, though, about uh, Edge of Tomorrow is it, it's it's a I know it's based on the the short Japanese novella, but it's essentially it's like an original. It's not based on a comic book series that's been around for thirty years, right? It's mm-hmm. not based on a book series or something like that. It's based on a book. That's fine. Um, a short yeah. book but it's uh, 
it's a very very good story and ends up being a really really good movie and the, the director is an interesting choice uh, now uh, Doug Lehman had done Jumper just a few years earlier in 2008 which was a bit of a mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it a sleeper hit but it was it didn't do well in the theaters but the, the some of the reviews I've heard from it are, are really quite good um, he also did Mr. and Mrs. Smith which was a big hit in 2005 and in 2002 he did The Born Identity yep which was a huge success. <laughs> but then going yes. back into his late 90s stuff, this is the same guy who gave us Go and Swingers. Mm-hmm. And he, so he's got a very... Uh, Swingers is one of my kind of favorite guilty pleasure 90s movies. First, because, yeah, I yeah, was totally I, into I, the swing scene for that week. And um, embarrassingly <laughs> so. But I still really like that movie because of the way it's shot. And he was also a cinematographer for that. But Edge of Tomorrow, you can you can see some of that kind of pseudo documentary style, you know, filming, which you also see in some of his other sci fi action films like Born Identity and you know things like that. So I, this is a, a kind of a cool uh, vision for this story. You can imagine what it would look like with James Cameron. You can imagine what it would look like with Michael Bay. Chicago would mm-hmm. explode if Michael Bay directed it. Sorry, but it would. Because, um, but why not? It's Chicago, blow it up. Um, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I think they, this is a, a director too who I don't think has given enough credit for the stuff that he's done. I, I don't, he should be a bigger name than he is because the films that he's done have been very yeah. good. I, I'm trying to think besides Swingers, what I've seen of his. I've seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I don't remember caring for a whole lot. But um, you didn't see Born Identity. I did, maybe, but I don't have a like real like impression of it. So I don't. Yeah, I don't remember it. Maybe I didn't even see it. Um, oh wow! I remember trying to watch one of the Born movies, but I don't remember which one it was, and. I didn't see it like I saw it with a bunch of people and nobody was really oh yeah the movie and no I think I think like, when maybe it was Born Ultimatum or God maybe it was later when Jason Bourne came out um, Sarah and I started collecting the films and we started doing Matt Damon mm-hmm. Mondays where we'd watch Born Identity <laughs> Born Supremacy <laughs> Born Ultimatum and yeah it was your Matt Damon Monday you know no the Bourne movies are cool i actually think they're really badass action films yeah i know i've heard they're good i have no like aversion to seeing them in fact i i would like to see them i just yeah, just haven't i don't know <laughs> it's one of those things jumper sounds familiar but i yeah i don't think i've seen that one either i'm staring at it now i, I think and yeah that's the one it's got a uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, it's got Hayden Christensen. Right. It was you know like teleporting <laughs> guy. It wasn't as well received as Looper, which came out around the same time or shortly after. That was, yeah. But uh, yeah. But no, I mean it's it's overall. Anyway, yeah. I, I think you know he's a, he's a good director. He this is a really cool movie. I don't know if it needs a sequel personally. I'm fine without it. I I mean in this day and age, I would love something to just be its own piece and not have to like spawn a hundred sequels or be part of a like interconnected universe or whatever um it could just be a good movie and that's you know the experience it is and you know like movies at one time were and it's not because i hate sequels i mean we all kind of love to try and experience that again but often the best way to experience something like that again is to just put the movie on again (laughs) you know i i i I think i've said this multiple times on this show but i remember being on a camp out in college with the uh with some other geology majors and somebody bringing up oh yeah they're coming out with some more matrix movies and i was like wait you mean like the keanu reeves movie the matrix yeah yeah the movie was cool why are they doing a sequel well, because we got to know yeah. about Zion and this. No, there was no, nothing in that I, movie I that don't. made me have to have a sequel. They were like, like you <laughs> didn't like The Matrix? I loved The Matrix. I saw it a bunch of times in the theater. I just was fine with it. It was it was. Yeah, it was me fine. too. I was actually kind of surprised that there was going to be like a series of Matrix movies. I, was, I, was, I got excited about it because I really liked The Matrix, but I don't think it was necessary. 
and then I ended up disliking the sequel so much that I never saw the third yeah, one. Yeah, I so didn't. I, 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 I own it, I think, in a pack, but I still to this day haven't brought myself to go sit down and watch it. So, but anyway, I I, <laughs> I think for the the Matrix ones, I. Uh... I, I saw the second one. I got about five minutes into the third one. It was just like I'm not at all interested in this. It's it was that yeah. bad. Um, and you know there, there's nothing people get pissed about, but yeah, sorry, just don't. Didn't care for. <laughs> didn't didn't care for the Matrix sequels. Um, they sucked. One one thing I do totally should have to get on here before we wrap this up is. Um, we even brought up Aliens and didn't get to it, but this is one of the last on-screen performances by Bill Paxton in this movie. He plays oh uh, yeah uh, the drill sergeant or the uh, sergeant. What was the character's name? It's uh, Sergeant Farrell, Master Sergeant Farrell. I have it right for him. Master Sergeant Farrell. That's right. Yep, and he's uh, he's, 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 he's great. Yeah. Um, so is Brandon Gleason as General Brigham. Um, yeah, there's yep. Brendan Gleeson's great in everything, but yeah, he's you know, yeah, yeah. And uh, Noah Taylor as well as Doctor Carter. Noah Taylor, who's been in, uh, he's been in Game of Thrones. He was Mister Bucket and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so he's he's. Done, I'm trying to remember if he's the same person. Uh, no, he's not the same guy who was in the movie Shine. Yes, he was. Yeah, he plays a young David Helfgott in the movie, the 1986 movie yeah. Shine, which is one of my favorite favorites as well. Uh, but yeah, this is it's got a small cast, but a, a really good one. And you can tell that even some of the, the other members of the, the Airborne Platoon that mm-hmm. in, in J-Squad, right, uh, that you see in this, a lot of it is kind of inspired by aliens. I got to throw that out there. oh yeah no i think so and that that's what i mean i think that's exactly what why that popped into my head and i you know i I was Mm -hmm. being you know a little having a little joy and being a contrarian a little bit by saying that but um it's always been a movie that's been a sticking point with me and it's not because i dislike it necessarily aliens i mean you'd have to be pretty um pretty dead inside to absolutely hate aliens it's an exciting you know action it's just a little overrated it's cool It's, it's but yeah, I feel like it's a little over, yeah, and that it, everybody brings it up all the time about what the, that it's the best movie ever, and I, yeah, I'm not sure it is. It's kind of like a lot of Cameron stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I would like, I would say yeah. any, next person I hear that goes on about how great Aliens is, ask them if they've seen this, because this yeah. really is yeah. on par. I would I would I'll give you that. It's definitely and, on par. And that's what that's what's crazy about this is this was totally unexpected, and I like it enough to say that it's not that I hate Aliens that much, is that I like it enough that I can say that I think it's it's a better movie than Aliens, or it's a better experience than than that. It's it's a little different than that too, but um, yeah, um, yeah. So I guess unless you have anything else, no, I'd love to know what you do. Yeah, if you had to give it a uh, for a letter grade, uh, like what would uh, actually gonna, to be honest, going to give it an A minus. It it this is one of the better, I'm gonna say original science fiction films standalone where it's not from a major comic book whatever. It's based on a, a short, uh, you know, a, a novel, um, but it's one of the best, more original, new science fiction things I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, especially for something that's based on really young adult demographic. You know, the whole light novel thing in Japan. But it it's mm-hmm. really really good. I don't want. I, I hope. I honestly hope the sequel doesn't manifest because this is just fine on its own. It's cool on its own. Yeah, you know. Agreed. But it may if they come out with a sequel. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it because I've actually I enjoy this one that much. The effects are very good. The the creature design, or if we can even call them creatures, whatever the hell the aliens are in this, their design is really good. Mm-hmm. The portrayal of um. The only thing I actually gonna, I I'll disagree slightly to the comment that this isn't making any political statements because I think this film does make a very um, interesting statement, not necessarily critical, but just an interesting mirror to how major uh, civilizations respond to external threats with military. I mean, this is a there were aspects of the. Um, 
bureaucratic side of this that remind me a bit of things like Shin Godzilla, which I know came out later, but um, you know, yeah, there's there's there are some statements in this about the military complex uh, and military mindset. It's not necessarily a critical one. It's just a here's look through this mirror into a different dimension when this is happening and this is what it would look like. Um, which is really interesting, I think. So, no, I, I this mm-hmm. is a, a much smarter movie than I think anybody has given it any credit for. Um, yeah, and well made. So, yeah, I'm give I'll give it an A minus. The only points I take off of it is yeah, that third act does kind of, you know, get a little weird, yeah. and the the, rom- the shoot in romance is, I get it, but it, you know, come on, go all the way, don't do it. I mean, yeah, and I feel like it was there. It, enough was said. We didn't need like the shoehorned in kiss romantic scene at the end for it to work. And in fact, they go ahead and end the movie with them, you know, coming back together as people after we've, you know, they've destroyed the alien threat and everything's all good. And there they have a chance to like meet one another for real. Great. Maybe something develops. That's all we need to know. We know they had some chemistry. That. I don't know why I keep coming back to that being a point of st- sticking point for me. But yeah, anyway. Letter grade wise, I, I agree with you. I, I would give this an A. This is one of my favorite accidentally discovered yeah. like um, sci-fi action films of you know any time recently that I can think of. Um, I don't think pe- enough people saw this, even though I think a lot of people did, and it was it was fairly successful. It got good reviews. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people I talk to about movies like this have ever seen this one and didn't give it a chance. I think mostly because everyone's like, Duh, I don't like Tom Cruise, but um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It was it, it was. I would put it up in like the, it's a really fantastic movie, and I would put it up in like we talked about in the pantheon with aliens and and all of those it's certainly superior to the other film we reviewed in this block definitely (laughs) um in so many ways even though it has a lot of similarities um i don't know the cast is really great in this the pacing is really great like i this movie and like we, we we did talk about it for a second but this movie really pulls you in like maybe better than anything else like just I don't know about anything else, but like, yeah, just the frantic pace of it. It never wastes a lot of time, but also doesn't, I know, I feel like it doesn't short you on the, you know, richness of the story either. So it's, uh, I, I would, act three is a little weird. Like you said, it, it, it does end up holding itself together, but it breaks some of its own rules. Um, act three is always hard for stories like this when you have like a gimmick going like the live, die, repeat. So. Yeah. I mean, I would say this is the film, and next time I hear somebody say that they really like Starship Troopers, if they haven't seen this one, they're they're ignorant, yeah. and that's okay. You can fix ignorance. If they're saying, yes, I've seen Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> and I hated it. Starship Troopers is amazing. I don't need to talk to that person. <laughs> I just, I think right. we're done. Yeah. Well, and so many people, I think, that I've mentioned this to... Um, the, the, they would just, I mean, immediately be like, oh, I don't like Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's fine, but the movie's really, really great, and he, I don't know, if you're you're so against Tom Cruise, you can't watch it, I guess that's fine, whatever, you're missing out. You know what I was saying earlier, that like every character he plays, it's like the Tom Cruise version, and sometimes it works for the character, hmm. but it's still the Tom Cruise version. If I will, in their defense, if you really just don't like Tom Cruise, you'll have a hard time watching this movie, because... It's fucking Tom Cruise, you know. <laughs> it's like there's no way around it. Yeah, if, I mean, if that's just not a character style you like, it's a lot of Cruise, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, definitely give this one a shot if you haven't seen it. Um, I, I would, without hesitation, recommend this one to anybody who likes science fiction films. This is one. Uh, one of my new litmus things uh, is, is would I recommend it to my dad? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I think you'd yeah. like this one. Yeah. So, dad, if you're listening, expect to get this in a couple of days. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is one I would recommend to pretty much anybody that likes genre film, sci-fi, action. You know, if that's if that's your thing, then this is a, a really great example. We like We tend to shit on, like, big-budget Hollywood 
you know, that kind of stuff. Um, this is a great example of all of that stuff working out perfectly. Like you have a great director, you have a, you know, a good cast, you have a movie that just like really knocks it out of the park. Um, so it's possible. It yeah, still it happens does happen. Every once in a while outside of, you know, the Marvel universe, which I don't necessarily agree with, but that's what people say. So. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so there you have it. It looks like we're, you know, nothing but, uh, praise for edge of tomorrow and nothing but meh for starship troopers at the end of our yeah, military. A, starship series. troopers is the definition of meh. Yeah. Over of, so. overrated, even ironically, uh, this one underrated yeah. and rather criminally, um, so yeah, go ahead and track this one down if you get a chance. Again, you can probably find it in the five dollar bin at a Walmart, and it's. I saw it there, just last week. Still in the. It's the, worth it. It's <laughs> worth it. Plus, and I just want to, and I actually want to say I think it's in the three seventy four. Oh, now. get two so, copies. I mean, that's not, get that's two copies and up. give yeah. it to somebody you care about. Um, you know, yes, I should go buy all of them. And just hand this movie out on the street. Like, do you have a? Do you have a moment for our Lord and Savior, Tom Cruise? No, okay, so I kind of did uh, something like that the other day, and this is totally <laughs> off topic, but um, I was I was in Walmart with my kids, and we were passing through the toy aisle, and they had a whole bunch of the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom toys on discount. Oh, yeah. Which normally I'm like, so what? I'm, I'm not. But they had the Allosaurus, which the dinosaur quarry I'm working at, we have pretty much mostly allosaurus so how could i not buy four allosaurus <laughs> because they were discounted like well my son gets one and and i get one i get one for my office and i'm going to send one to one of my colleagues and we you get an allosaurus and you get an allosaurus i'm saying people should do that for edge of tomorrow you get an edge of tomorrow and you get an edge of tomorrow yeah anyone you know that even kind of sounds like this would be up their alley. Make sure they get a copy of it. It's only three seventy four. People go buy all yeah. of them, no, it's like... and buy Allosaurus too. <laughs> Give those to people, you know. <laughs> yeah, hand those out too. Here's an Allosaurus and a copy of Edge of Tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Those are two cool things. So, what do we have coming up down the pipeline here on the Video Junk Air Podcast? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. No, actually, we are going to be looking at the couple of the short-lived film series of tales from the crypt yes. from the 1990s and i'm not talking about the hbo television series but the theatrical films uh which was supposedly meant to go on much longer than it did there's only a couple of those we're going to take a look at those um that's coming up in the near future at some point um also we are going to be joined again by our favorite guest host ryan steiskel to talk about the dark man oh, series for our next forgotten sweet. franchise episode um we also have oh what do we have we have a couple of um, lesser known films by our fa couple of our favorite directors and i won't tell you the films but i will tell you the two filmmakers we're going to be talking about are george a romero and uh wes craven so uh Remember, we're focusing on lesser-known films of theirs, but uh, definitely some lesser-known gems, Absolutely. in my opinion. So that's, uh, I think, everything that we have coming up on the schedule besides your recommendations. And, Joe, how do we, um, how can they send uh, their recommendations well, to us? any recommendations you might have, you can find us on Facebook, whether at the uh, proper it is very proper. Video Junker Podcast Facebook page or the Video Junker Podcast group Facebook page. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod uh, at Twitter. And then also you can email us at Video Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear any suggestions you have for movies. We've got plenty of things on the list we can pull from, but we want to really see what people want to hear us talk about, if at all. Um, and also, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, feel free to drop us a line and tell us what you think of edge of tomorrow uh starship troopers you know one thing we didn't talk about was all the starship trooper sequels because well i haven't seen them and oh, right. uh, i am not yeah, in a huge hurry to but you know maybe one of these <laughs> days you know i'll get that you know vibe you, of creativity you watch it and report report back <laughs> yeah to us I'll, I'll watch it so you don't have to but uh yeah please feel free to drop us a line with any suggestions comments criticisms or witticisms uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Joe Peterson. And I'm Eric Goldbranson. Have a good evening.
You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>